How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. You can email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric, and I'm going to be here till 11 o'clock. Bob is feeling a little under the weather, so it's just me today. So feel free to get on Online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, and I'll do my best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. A couple concerns up there. You guys have been following my TiVo debacle, um, and uh, I was, of course, on the phone with TiVo again. And uh, for those of you who are not aware, about a month ago, uh, I called TiVo. This is a month, Joey. About a month ago, I called TiVo because my brand new TiVo Bolt that we got for Christmas for the family um, is having a problem. So you call TiVo support, and and we work through the trouble. And, of course, when you call TiVo support, they confirm who you are with your phone number, your email address, and your physical address. And they finally agreed, okay, you know, we'll send you a new box and uh, replace it. And I said, oh, that's great. The moment I hung up with them, they shut off my current box. Now, my current box was working, but two of the of the, of the uh, four tuners were failing. That was what we were trying to get replaced. So, of course, I was back on the phone with TiVo right away. Hey, guys, can you let my current box run while I wait for the new one? Oh, sure, yeah, that does make sense. Uh, we'll do that for you. Okay, fine. So maybe a week later, my TiVo was supposed – my replacement one was supposed to arrive. And it, I, I haven't noticed that it arrived from uh, in an email, but no, no TiVo in front of my house. I call FedEx, and they say, oh, yeah, we delivered it. I asked them the address, and turns out it was an address I lived at a decade ago. <laughs> the boys at TiVo sent the box to the wrong address. I called TiVo up right away, and a very nice guy named Jared says, Oh, sure. Uh, we'll take care of this, sir. Uh, we'll uh, credit any, any charges on your credit card. Because, of course, there's a guarantee you have to put on your credit card that you're going to send back the other device, a $300 one, if you don't ship it back in time. We'll take care of it, sir, no problem, and we'll ship you another one. So then I wait two more weeks and find out they never did anything. <laughs> and this uh, box has never been recalled from wherever they shipped it, and it's completely lost in the TiVo, in, in the FedEx world, uh, and uh, I'm still without my box. So I, I jumped forward to yesterday because we opened up our credit card statement and noticed they had billed me for my not returning the other box. <laughs> of course, I couldn't because they shipped it to the wrong place. And I spent an hour of my life on again on the phone with TiVo, and they apologized tremendously for my sitting on hold. And uh, even after being on hold for over an hour, the woman comes back and says, you know what, we're going to be another hour here. I have to get approval because it's too much money for me to credit you. And I'm like, honey, it's your fault. You ship, you didn't ever ship me anything. How can you charge me for something? It's all She read it all in her own notes. And he, so she finally lets me go and says, I'll take care of it, and I'll email you what happens. And, of course, the email comes in later that they couldn't credit me. <laughs> they have to investigate. I'm like, it's all there. So I have a $300 charge that I'm waiting for. And um, 
it, you just can't make it up from step A to st- all the way through step, you know, Z. <laughs> exactly. It's it's a sad day, and I, and Joey, the funny thing about these guys is TiVo fixed the twelve o'clock flashers. Remember twelve o'clock flashers on their VHS, VHS tapes when you try to record Seinfeld? You know, people couldn't even figure out how to set the clock on their VHS. So TiVo solved that, but they don't know where you live. And and the funny thing is about the last call I made uh, just yesterday about this three hundred dollar charge on my credit card. She even said, "Oh, hi, Mr. Summel. I see you're a twenty year TiVo." Uh, patron, I'm like, yeah, well, little little that little good that does me. Um, so the folks at TiVo are still trying to figure out how to serve their customers poorly. I'll let you know what happens. They did send me a second device, supposedly hasn't arrived yet, but we'll see what happens. But I just can't not believe the the lack of customer service when it comes to these folks. Scary stuff. In other news, speaking of customer service, Australia is slamming Apple for telling customers, quote, you're repairing it wrong. And you guys probably know I had that joke about you're holding it wrong with Apple, where they said you're, if, you're using the, you're, if you're having phone problems, it's because you're holding it wrong. Well, Apple and Australia are kind of uh, at odds, and it has to do with the fabled Error 53. And this is where, if you're an Apple device owner and uh, you have a problem with it, and you bring it to a quote-unquote non-authorized repair center, um, basically to repair, let's say, a smashed screen, which I guess is the most common issue with Apple phones. You guys drop them a lot. If you had, an, if you had a Droid Turbo 2, it wouldn't smash, by the way, but we won't go there. Um, but if you have it repaired by a non-Apple-authorized repair center in Australia, and then you have to have another issue done with it down the road, let's say, Apple will say, hey, no, no, we're not repairing it because uh, it looks like you had this work done. You had work done on this device um, by a non-authorized repair center. And the folks in Australia uh, are not allowing this. I'm trying to see. It's some sort of consumer. Yeah, it's the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission is taking Apple to court about this and saying, look, you guys can't refuse to repair devices that have been previously repaired by an independent repair specialist. Uh, this is, again, how Apple works. It works with its own ecosphere. It's like you when you buy the, drink the Kool-Aid, you drink all the Kool-Aid, whether you like it or not. And uh, you're kind of saying you're going to you're going to. Buy their devices, buy the stuff through their systems, and have them work on it, period. And uh, if you don't like it, no soup for you. And uh, Apple, the Australians are saying, enough of this. So we'll see what happens with Apple and that. Oh, by the way, the Turkish crime family, <laughs> we were supposed to see all their Apple devices uh, formatted. It looks like it may have been a hoax. There's some stories out there that the crime family is trying to say that they received half a million dollars in Bitcoin, but even that looks like it was fake. So thankfully... They didn't have your credentials, and they didn't wipe your phone. Obviously, they didn't, or it would have been better, bigger news. But it turns out that might have been uh, a lot of smoke and mirrors. In other news, this is kind of good news here. Uh, the U.S. government is seeking to curb use of entry-level H-1B programmers. And we've talked about this in the past on the show. Uh, basically, H-1B is where, uh, back in 2000s, we were looking for skilled technology folks to help out with the, the Y2K boom, right? There was a big boom happening in technology, and we didn't have enough skilled people. So they created this H-1B visa system and brought in um, foreign nationals to help out with uh, the needs of these corporations. Well, now it's being utterly abused by these big corporations where you've seen the stories where Disney is um, replacing existing IT workers, um, having those IT workers train their replacements. Uh, We talked about the University of California doing the same thing to their IT workers. 
And thankfully, it looks like we're going to make some changes here that would um, increase the denial rates for entry-level H-1B programmers. And if you think about it, I, mean, I, was, I was just at a uh, – I'm, I'm part of a, uh, a uh, computer advisory committee uh, at a community college, and we were just talking about some of this stuff going on. And you think about it, we're, we're trying to train future programmers, um, and now they got to compete against foreign nationals um, who are going to come in for um, entry-level positions. And uh, the H-1B visa program was designed to bring in skill sets we didn't have, not to replace ones that we're training for. Period, and these poor H-1B visa guys coming in from uh, the foreign countries as well are being completely abused because they come in often very low wage um, folks and are uh, being it's like indentured servitude. You're kind of part of these uh, offsource, uh, offsource, offshoring companies that say you're going to work for us and then we're going to stick you here at over at uh, Disney or stick you over here at University of California. And you're going to be working for us. So thankfully, we're going to curb those things. And that will bring more jobs to our folks in America who, who are tra- we're spending $30,000, $40,000 a year at college to learn how to become a programmer. Hey, Joey, the other thing I heard yesterday at this uh, com- computer committee was that our big insurance companies locally are looking for COBOL programmers. COBOL. That's some old stuff. So they think that the need for COBOL programming, as far as some of the big insurance companies here in in the state, will be a 20-year thing. So if you're in your mid-50s or early 60s and you've been forced forced to retire for some crazy reason and you have COBOL skills, they may want you back. So uh, contact your local large insurance corporation here in Connecticut because they need COBOL programmers. Um, And they're hoping to train kids on COBOL. So uh, we'll see what ha- I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. It was the year 2016, April, and I'm sitting in this meeting, and they're talking about training on COBOL. Couldn't believe it, but we need it. But then again, you know, that is what it is. It probably won't be hackable because nobody knows it. Our data is probably safer. So that's all I have for now. Feel free to get online. We have four lines open for you, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, and uh, see the lines are starting to ring. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. We are back. This is this is Computer Talk. Yeah, Joey's running the brass. I love it. And we're going to be here till uh, 11 o'clock, taking your computer calls, comments, questions, and concerns. Feel free to get online. We have two lines open for you on this Saturday morning. Let's get right to your calls and start with Pam in Marlboro next. Hey, Pam, what's up? Uh, hi. Um, I want to thank you very much for taking my call. Sure. Um, I was on my work email on my phone last night and um, ended up opening opening an attachment that was a PDF. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I opened it, I knew it was malicious. Yeah. So now I want to know what I how I can backtrack and make sure it doesn't um, harm my phone. What I've done so far is I ran AVG and mail, and I down I installed and downloaded Malwarebytes um, and ran that for they your phone. Up empty on your phone on my phone. Yeah. Oh, okay. I haven't run them out. I haven't tried that. It's an Android phone. It's a Galaxy S6. Yep, yep. I've run Android Uh, myself. Okay. And um, I deleted some apps that I thought might have some personal information in them. Hmm. And now I've shut my phone off. I shut it off last night. And um, I also turned off the wireless connection. Mm -hmm. And I just want to make sure there's nothing still hiding in there because I know some of these... Antivirus things on phones aren't as good as they are on computers. Right. So how'd you know so, it was malicious, Pam? How, what happened? Just want to understand. 
Pardon me? What ha- how do you know the, the, the attachment was malicious? I believe you. I just want to have you explain it to folks so they can well, understand. Well, it said it was an important document, and when I opened it, it didn't look right. And so, and then I was looking at my email through another device this morning, and the person who sent it sent something, do not open that one. <laughs> but I already suspected it last night and had kind of taken some measures. Okay. And so I'm pretty sure she said, you know, she had written that she had been hacked and, um, you know, since it, and I'm usually very careful if I'm not sure I don't open them. I check with the person first to see if they sent it. Yeah. And I did not on this one. Okay. Um, so what I'm thinking I want to do is maybe even reset my phone to factory settings. Wow. Okay. So you're definitely going a little, a little far, maybe. Um, I haven't done that. I'm just wondering what else I can do to make sure yeah. that. Well, I'm safe. if Malwarebytes has an app for Android, I've never never seen it, but that's a, gr- a good tool. And if you run a scan on that and it finds nothing, I would give you uh, some comfort in knowing you're probably okay. okay. Uh, we recommend a more robust antivirus for our business clients for their phones called WebRoot. And okay. uh, that's a professional level of antivirus that will do a very good job of of protecting you going forward. The free stuff, I mean, ESET has a free antivirus that I run on Android. Lookout is something that uh, Joey's mentioned. So there's other solutions that you can try, but but WebRoot, you're going to pay for that, and you're going to have pretty good security there. So if you want to go and step it up a, a notch and get paid antivirus for your phone, that's probably a smart move. Okay. All right. But you think I'm pretty safe. Now, if I'm not safe, can it get through my router to our other devices? Um, if you're not safe. So it depends on how the, the malware is going to spread and what right. kind of malware. So you've got an Android phone there, which is less apt to kind of spread disease per se as a computer would be. Because okay. you're, you're not really networked with the device. You know, your phone is not really networked with other PCs. Uh, it's okay. kind of isolated. So I, I highly doubt that it's going to spread to your internal network. Could you then resend out... Um, malware to your friends through contacts it all depends i haven't seen that through any kind of malicious software yet on android but those are the things you'd have to be worried about about outbound email coming out of your phone that's going to disseminate the the malware okay. but i you know you'd probably hear about it by now from your folks if you've well if you've I, I just now um through another device sent out email to all the work contacts not to open it if they got it right but i didn't do it through my personal contact list because that's on the phone and i have it turned off so yeah and the next step again at work um, do you work for a big company or a smaller business? Um, it's a um, school district. A school district, okay. They need to step up their ability to prevent this from spreading on their network in the first place. And they probably do have it, yeah. but I just wanted to make sure that if anybody, if it did spread, yeah. that people would know not to open it. Yeah, no, that's that's good. good thing to do. So I would say you're probably okay with, if Malwarebytes says you're okay, but if you wanted to add another level, purchase WebRoot for your phone. Okay, so you don't think I have to go as far as resetting everything no just being ex- just being sneezed on doesn't mean you're all of a sudden a carrier True. of a disease so okay. uh I, I would contend you're fine based on the th- the steps you took okay all right thank you very much all right pam all right bye-bye have a great day. you too bye-bye it is kind of um unnerving and probably that's what pam's issue is she, f- she kind of felt violated um but generally, you know, especially on phones like Androids and Apples, you're a little more isolated, so your chances of spreading the news uh, to other folks like that is is much more limited. So let's go on to Patty in Windsor next. Hey, Patty. Hi. Good morning. Morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I have a question about uh, Yahoo Mail. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think it was last week or a couple of weeks ago you said that it's safer for you to get an extra email address or any email address through your provider rather than go yahoo.com or gmail.com. I would contend that's the way to go, yes. Okay, so I did that. Yeah. And my provider's Frontier. And they're using Yahoo. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah. They keep saying, now uh, you can get the Yahoo app because it's more secure. Yeah, well, they were just hacked. A billion of their, their email boxes were <laughs> hacked. Yeah. One billion. Hmm. Um, so maybe that's not a good choice in this case. Most, I mean, again, it's tough, right? Because your mail providers, these guys that offer free free mailboxes, you know, through Yahoo and stuff like that. They're using it to see what Patty's interested in, right? They're going to read your mail. Right. Um, I have to find an alternative, a paid alternative to have a nice, a nice safe mailbox or more safe mailbox. Right. Because these free ones, I would contend, are definitely just based on the fact that they're. I don't have to tell you mm-hmm. that they're not safe. We've we've told you that a billion of them have been compromised. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's my opinion. It's just the truth. Right. Um, so unfortunately, Frontier, if they're using um, Yahoo, which they probably are. I mean, it's up to you. You could, you could, um, you know, stick with Frontier and, and hope that they are going to care a little bit about Patty from Windsor and, and your security. But I would contend they're still leveraging the same free mailbox system that you just got away from. Yeah. Where were you? You were using Yahoo before, then, right? No, I had uh, a Frontier address mm. uh, with them, but it didn't. It, it didn't seem like it was attached to Yahoo. But right. then when I decided to get a second email address with Frontier. Now I'm getting, you know, notifications. Get the Frontier app uh, or the Yahoo app. And- so maybe the old box is safer. Yeah, maybe. You can find out where their where that mail system is from, the old system. It could be under the same system. I don't know. Um, just take a look and give them a ring. Mm. Uh, but you can always turn on two-step verification, too. That's um, true, yeah. And get some level of security, mm-hmm. a little bit more security. Always turn on two-step if you can. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, and then one final question. A friend of mine's um, email got hacked, Mm -hmm. and she's wondering exactly how to get that taken care of. Should she get a new email address, change the password, blah, blah, blah? So she should contact whoever hosts her email box and work on changing that password. Okay. That's step number one. Um, And then set up two-factor so that it it hits her cell phone when she wants, wants to authenticate. When she does those two things, and as long as her provider is a some sort of company she can talk to, she'll have better feelings as far as her security. Okay, that's great advice. All right, Patty. All right, thank you. You got it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. We have two lines. Uh, oh, sorry, all four lines are wide open on this Saturday morning. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC and 522-WTIC. I'll be right back. back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric, and Bob's feeling a little under the weather. Feel free to get online. We have four lines wide open on this Saturday morning, 1-800-966-WTIC and 522-WTIC. And I'll do my best to take computer comments, questions, and concerns. A couple things you should be aware about as far as concerns go. ATMs, right? There's a lot of issues with skimming. And one of my favorite sites on security is called Krebs on Security. And he has a column that he talks about why he always tugs on the ATM before he uses it. And it's something you should read because these skimming devices are so uh, hidden that you could walk up and not even notice it. Probably apply that to the gas stations. 
Gas stations within the within the gas station itself. Or yeah, because with the pay at the pump. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I never thought of that. You're, you're right. paying at the pump, and a lot of them ask you if you're if you're doing it as a debit your pin number. That's true. Uh, I just carry rolls of quarters. That's how I pay for gas. <laughs> There you go, Joey. But this thing, as far as uh, what you should be aware of, they show uh, Brian Krebs talks about this the skimming, and they showed that you look right at this this machine, and it looks completely perfect. And I'll put a link up there for you. Uh, Mike G will put a link up there for you. But basically, it's it's capturing your pin. It's got a little pinhole camera in in the cover where the money is dispensed, and the little green lit you know area where you slide your card in. There's a cover over top of it that is actually capturing all the data on your card. So if you just tug on it a little bit, it'll come off, and you'll you'll find that it's you know obviously a skimming ATM. But be aware of it, these these folks, and you'd almost think the banks should make this a a common process where you go out every morning, yeah, and and uh, tug on your ATM, <laughs> make it part of your morning routine. <laughs> yes. So unlock the door, guys. Go out to your ATMs and tug on them to see if you've had skimming devices attached to them. But it is kind of an interesting read, and you should definitely definitely check it out. Um, and Brian Krebs does a really good job. You've never had your card skimmed, have you, Joey? No, but there was a couple years back, I had a fraudulent check written out of my account. Really? The, the, the funny thing is, basically when I opened my checking account when I was 16, so going back like 21 years, I still yeah. had the original checkbook. That's how many checks have ever been written out of my account. <laughs> right. So it was like a fraudulent check with my account number. So they basically somehow got my account number, right. created checks. So my card wasn't stolen, but the bank account number was. Interesting. So I don't know how that one happened. Well, you can print your own checks these days. Yeah. There's ink you can use now to print checks. It's some sort of special magnetic ink you can buy. So maybe that's how they did it. But well, they only won't run check? They only- it was... They basically, it was one of those like online checks. So oh. it was like a check that you would print from your printer and go cash. Gotcha. So that's how they got it got around that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I just closed that account, went to another bank. <laughs> Took my $36 elsewhere. <laughs> so feel free to get online, guys. 1-800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. I'll do my best to help you out with your computer comments, questions, and concerns. Um, the other thing as far as hacking goes, we had that caller earlier before talking about her friend having her email, email box hacked. And um, it is a big issue these days where folks are using the same passwords on their, on their email boxes and uh, their websites uh, in multiple places. So the bad guys, what's happening now, um, are getting into your mailboxes and they're watching your mail, right? They're watching what you do and they're hoping... Because they get nothing to do over there in the third world, but they're sitting there reading your email. Um, they're hoping that you're going to have some sort of transaction coming up. Maybe it's a transaction with your financial planner. Maybe it's a transaction with, uh, who knows, maybe it's a transaction with a real estate uh, transaction. You have an attorney involved. And what's happening is they're waiting for you to get an email from one of those professionals and for you to respond where you would say, yeah, sure, you know, I, I want to invest in such and such. Please move my money here. And what they then do is insert themselves as if they're you to that professional to redirect the funds um, to maybe a direct uh, a wire account. And the money then, instead of going where you told the professional to send it, the, your, 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 your lawyer or your uh, financial planner sends it to the wrong place. Um, very common thing happening. It's a $3 billion industry right now. And uh, you've got to be uh, uh, very vigilant. Um, maybe maybe not uh, use email these days for anything important um, because it's just one of those things that uh, is too commonly happening because you know what your email password is? 
password. Mm. Well, there was a thing I read a couple months ago. Like people have those apps to keep track of all their passwords. Yeah. What was happening? The apps were basically storing all your passwords as plain text. Oh my! So goodness. if you cracked that one, if you got into that one app on a person's phone, now yeah. you had all their passwords. I was talking to my son about that. Um, my middle son was putting a password down on his phone, but he was just using his notepad. I'm like, don't use your notepad for your passwords. Yeah, so it's like the same thing. You got to be sure if you're using an app or a program to store your passwords, yeah. make sure that that's actually encrypting it. Also, yeah, unbelievable. All right, I'm gonna, yeah, we got the lines are ringing. Let's go and uh, get to uh, Rich in Nagatuck first. Hey, Rich. Hey, good morning. Morning. Hey, you guys, I know are uh, big fans of the Open DNS, so I followed your advice and have installed it on a second location. I have another home uh, yeah. in another. State. All right. So in any case, uh, I was interested in uh, setting it up here in, but of course what they have um, is, is that they have a um, <clears throat> situation where Cisco asks you to have an updater for the open DNS. Right. And, if your IP address uh, changes. Yes. Right. So, um, you know, and I've, I've done that. So can you have more than one uh, location under that or not, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure you can. I've never tried it personally, but I would think you could have the updater running on your home network and maybe need a second email address for your remote one. So configure some free Gmail account um, mm-hmm. and uh, set up the updater on that. It's just so that they're, you know, disparate. I, I, I would contend you might have some weirdness if you try to set it up on the same mail mailbox or the same yeah. system. Yeah. But, yeah, you can have that as many locations as you want. Right. Okay. All right. Cool. That was basically it. All right. How's it working for you? Are you able to uh, keep your, your folks safe? Oh, I think, yeah. And I set it up on the router, of course, rather than individual machines. And I think that that's uh, uh, absolutely the way to go. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my my debate right now is whether or not I want to get rid of my rented uh, Comcast modem up here because, uh, frankly, I'm not sure how much longer we're going to live in this house. We're actually in the state, so I don't yeah. know if uh, – it's worthwhile dumping the money for that to, uh, well, yeah. uh, you know, buy it. A modem's only fifty bucks, really. So it depends on what they're renting it to you for. What is? What are they renting the modem for? Well, I've got the the modem, voice, and internet uh, uh, combo. You know, the Wi-Fi, the router for all that. So yeah. it's the three the three stick, and so most of those prices uh, seem to be somewhere in the uh, almost the two hundred dollar range for the the three the three capacity on that. And uh, yeah. my rent's ten bucks a month. All right. Well. You can do the math and figure that out, depending on how yeah, long you're yeah. still a state resident, I guess. Where are you at? You're heading south? Exactly. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so jealous, Rich. <laughs> getting well, out while the getting's no, good, it, huh? It, well, it's kind of time. I've retired uh, now at this point, and the cost of living in politics, or I'm ready to, to make a change. Yeah, well, we'll miss you. <laughs> Thanks very much. All right, Rich. Not happening right, but I appreciate your help. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, take it easy. Yeah, you can always catch us on this on the pod or online. You can stream us. We do get a lot of calls from uh, Orlando and all these folks who are kind of laughing at us up here in Connecticut as we circle the drain. Let's go to uh, uh, resident groupie Danny. Hey, Danny. Hey, guys. What's going on? Listen, uh, my wife uh, made a credit card purchase with a, on a, on a website to, to buy some yoga clothes. Yep. We get a letter that says their information had been compromised. Right. And we have a Discover card that's the only thing we use if we buy something online and Smart. it's got to isolated and not connected to anything and small credit amount and stuff. Yep. So when I called up Discover card to report it, they said, well, uh, let me." they were going to ask me security questions. Yeah. 
So instead of what's your mother's name or your high school and stuff, she said to me, she said, have you ever owned one of these cars? And she named a 59 Mercury, a 72, this, you know. Yeah. And she did all these just questions. And I said, well, where did you get those from? And I couldn't even remember the one car that uh, a 77 <laughs> Honda I owned. I didn't even remember owning it. Yep. Almost flunked the test. <laughs> she knew more about you, you know, than you did. They do. They use the, the, the public available databases of all your, um, you know, yep. your history. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I'd never had that happen before. No, it's an, it is a good way for them to prove you are Danny. Which is better than asking you your pet's name or your, you know, I think that would be more secure if everybody did that. It would be. The problem, though, what you just brought up, and I see this on Facebook an awful lot, is this, there's this guy in, in Windsor that keeps doing it. It drives me nuts. Um, he asks you what your first car was, which, who your favorite teacher was, and he's asking security questions. Mm-hmm. And people are just giving it to him like it's nothing. I, I, mean, I, I don't even know why he's asking. Why would you care? You know, oh, even on Facebook, weird. why would you yeah. care? I mean, I know there's enough pictures of people's dinners to make you make you sick. I and mean, why would you care about that too? But mm-hmm. he, these people are asking security questions, and why are they doing it? Because they want to figure out that information, so that when there is a security question asked like that, Danny, they've got a little dossier on you if they're gonna if they're gonna you know try to steal your identity. Mm-hmm. Now, what, is he in Windsor, India? Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> but he drives me nuts. I'm like, stop asking these questions. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make it's not a smart move. So don't give them that information. But it's cool. So they're going to give you a new card, I assume, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. They they emailed us. And, I mean, they sent us a new card right away uh, in FedEx. But uh, I just thought it was uh, interesting that instead of the, your mother's maiden name and stuff, they did all these other questions of obscure things that nobody else would know but me. So yeah. I thought that was good. That is good. That is good. And you can add two-factor to that credit card as well, you know. Uh, yes. So that's important. So you can always have it you know, chime you or text you if there's some sort of transaction that occurs. Oh, yeah. Hey, one other quick thing. Mm-hmm. Um, on my old tablet, my favorite, <laughs> old Acer, yes. I'm trying to – how can I move a memory onto the SD card? Because I've got the, the SD chip in there, and it's empty, and I – I looked online and it said, you know, go to settings, go to manage, move to this, move to SD card. But I've got the Jelly Bean 4.4 and it doesn't have that. Is there any way to move any of that over to the SD card? Not within Jelly Bean that we that we know. Oh, okay. So okay. you have to. I would recommend moving it off to something else. You're moving it to your computer. Just connect the device as a USB device and copying yeah. it right off to your PC. Uh-huh. And then you can finally trash that thing, Danny. Okay. No, stop it. <laughs> it's like my first girlfriend. Goodbye. All right, bye. Actually, funny you should say that. I still have my first girlfriend. Um, <laughs> honey, if you're listening. Um, we're going to be here till uh, 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Four lines wide open on this Saturday morning. Either you're all all at uh, baseball practice or your computer problems are finally solved. And without Bob here, I can't talk about his kids. So, But Joey and I can talk about our kids. So if you want us to do that, we'll do that. Or get online and we'll talk about computers. We'll be right back. back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. Bob's a little under the weather today, so I'll be taking your computer comments, questions, and concerns myself. Feel free to get online. We have three lines wide open, and uh, the, the phones do generally start to jam up in the second hour. So uh, get on now while you have a chance to. And uh, we're going to go to your calls, and we're going to go to Michigan and Rocky. Hey, Rocky, what's up? Uh, good morning, Eric. Um, just wanted to offer a few comments about um, some 
limitations uh, open DNS. Sure. Um, first off, I, I really like it. I really appreciate you promoting it, and it's just a great free service. So mm-hmm. certainly for all your listeners, uh, don't take this as any kind of a negative. <laughs> I did run a few tests. <laughs> I just just look exploring the limitations of it. How's that? Sure. Uh, so I did run a few tests, and maybe you've run these before too, but uh, I did find that whatever the DNS specified on the device in the household, regardless of how the Wi-Fi is set up, uh, the device DNS will dominate. And hmm. uh, that surprised me a little bit. In, a, in other words, what happens is um, you, you, I think your generic plan, which you've talked about before, mm-hmm. is put DNS on the router. Right. And so we'll open DNS on the router. And, of course, uh, as long as the device is set on automatic, each of the devices is set on automatic. Right. Or if it's not locked down, like Comcast modems are, rental modems, mm-hmm. like a lot of the cell phones are, if it's not locked down, then it will route all the traffic through open DNS right. um, locations. But what I found in my test was if I changed... Um, the DNS specification to a Comcast DNS, to Google DNS, to anything else, mm-hmm. then whatever it is, it's set up as non-automatic but as fixed on yeah. the device will dominate. Correct. That will dominate. And that so, is, so you get no blockage. Yeah. And that is true. So, yeah, so the, this all assumes that you're going to be a, you know, obtaining your information from the device handing it out, in this case the router. So you're right. You can override it. That is yeah, true. It, it can be over. It can only be overridden. But if you um, like my Android phone, it uh, like if I were to buy a new one today mm-hmm. and bring it into my household and connect to my Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. it would never use Open DNS. You know, I'm going to check that. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because the DNS, I know, because it's so trans, it's so uh, what opaque. Yeah. You don't know where it's routing all this traffic <laughs> until you test. So. Uh, to test it, I would type in like porn.com and that right. kind of thing to test it to it's see a, if it would block. It used to be able you could uh, test whitehouse.com. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the, the, if, if, a, if somebody thinks that they put the open DNS on the router, or the DNS specifications on the router, as they get new devices into the household, mm-hmm. if it's it. a computer, they tend to be set on automatic. Right. So it will be affected by settings on the router. Right. But if it's uh, a lockdown Android, it will not. And of course, we won't even talk about 15-year-old teenagers changing things. You are correct, sir. You are correct, yeah. sir. So that's, uh, you're right. So we can do some testing. I'm going to do some testing on that as well. I do know that you can add clients, individual clients on the workstations to help lock even that so nobody can even circumvent anything um, on the PC side. I've not looked at, at that on the phone side. So I'm pretty sure yep. you can do that yep. as well. But Good points. Yep. Good points. You're right. It's never a, there's, it's never a fail safe. You always got to keep being vigilant. No, that, but it's a wonderful product, and of course, the best thing about it is once you put those settings in place, you're not scanning. Right. You're actually blocking bad. <laughs> well, you're blocking malware and other bad things that can happen right. before they come into your home. Exactly. Before they come right, right at the wall of your house. Exactly. Kind of thing, the router. Yep, you're going. You're okay. you're safe surfing. I do appreciate the call, and thanks for listening out there yeah, in Michigan. Okay. You betcha. See you on the internet. <laughs> All right, talk to you soon. <laughs> okay, thank you. Bye right. bye. Bye bye. So yeah, he's right. Uh, I gotta go. I gotta do some testing on that. I've never tested what he had 
uh, talked about as far as, but it is true. If you, if your individual PCs within your home have fixed IP addresses for the DNS setting, it'll definitely take what you put in there rather than the open DNS settings that you're handing off. So obviously we want you to set your uh, PCs to obtain the IP and the DNS settings from your firewall. But I got to check on the on the phones. It wouldn't be surprising that the folks at um, Verizon or AT&T would prefer you to use their DNS because they're curious as to where you're going. <laughs> um, so I think that's definitely uh, worth uh, bringing up. Let's go to Rich in uh, Nagatuck. Hey, Rich. Hey, I, just, you know, I forgot to ask you guys when I called earlier. Okay. Uh, I want to uh, recycle, or actually, I should say, uh, discard a couple of PCs. And uh, I've got a disk, uh, you know, just a regular uh, disk uh, PC that uh, I was going to use, uh, or I did use D-Band's uh, Derek's, uh, like, Nuke and Boot, I think it was, back years ago. Okay. And uh, I used that. How effective is that? Do you think that's 100% great or, or not? Well, nothing's 100%, right? Well, that's step but, one. I think it will, yeah, you okay. can always assume nothing's 100%. But there is shredder, you know, shredder software out there that'll write zeros and ones over all your, all your, all your drives. But we would then recommend you take a hammer to it. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, how about uh, besides a uh, hammer to an mm-hmm. SSD drive, uh, Derek's free uh, or D-Band's uh, free program, doesn't address that. I guess they have a paid version. Is there a, other than a um, hammer? you have another suggestion? Well, hammers are so easy to use, and you can feel so much better afterwards. But a physical yeah. destruction, I mean, you know, we, we even are, you know, looking into um, hard drive shredders mm-hmm. where, where they just chew the drive to shreds um, because, again, you, you just can't trust um, any of these tools anymore because anything – it's all logical, right? How how logical can a, can a computer? How illogical can can a computer be? Even the shredder program, some of them had, in the older days, were writing the zeros and ones logically, so they could be unwritten. Yeah. And if you've using got nothing but time, what? Using logic to yeah. unwrite. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, but I would like to reuse this SSD drive, give it to somebody. But I obviously have like all my stuff off of it. Oh. how to reload their Windows. So that's uh, okay. Kind of the game plan I'm yeah. Not then, doing. then in your yeah, then you could format it and use the shredding soft your shredding software and then give it to them. That should What's be. What particular software would you recommend? I got to go find the link again for you. I don't have it off the top of my head, Rich. Okay, uh, no worries. Yeah, but I'll put it out there on on Computer Talk for you. Cool. Thanks, bud. You got it, sir. Have a good day. You too. Bye. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. I'll put that link out there for you. But when you want to protect the data on a hard drive. I'll say, if you get those shredders at Tab, that's yeah. a whole new YouTube channel right there. Yeah, come on over and watch Tab hard drive shredders, yeah. you know? <laughs> we're, we're looking forward. It's like Tim the Toolman Taylor, exactly. man. <laughs> we're going to crunch those things. Uh, best way to protect your data if you ever need to. We're going to step out for a quick break. Four lines wide open for you on this Saturday morning. Everything we've talked about so far uh, has been posted by Mike G. Live at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show. We'll be right back. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.